Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio.
your boy, driver of the number 76 Grunt Style Chevy Camaro, and listen to the Pit Stop with Tim Despain. Good evening from Dagan Nation. I'm Tim Despain, alongside of SpeedwayDigest.com's Mr. Stephen Wilson. He's right outside of Richmond Raceway, and the way the crow flies, I'm approximately eight miles south of this 2.66-mile monster we call Talladega Super Speedway. Stephen, how you doing this evening, brother? Doing pretty good tonight. Uh, relaxing now that it's the off-season and not rushed, that's for sure. I know, it's sort of like, uh, you know, when I come in from work, when you come in from work, you know, we have all this kind of stuff, all this stuff that we need to get done, and it's like, the after Thanksgiving, it's like, whoa, what am I supposed to do? You know, I can't cut grass, I can't cover the race, and uh, I don't know. And uh just want to throw this out there right quick. The number to call in is 215-383-3681. Like I said, I'm Tim Spain, alongside of SpeedwayDigest.com's Mr. Stephen Wilson. Coming up here shortly. We have driver of the number 76 Camaro, Grunt Style Camaro, in the NASCAR Xfinity Series for Bobby Dodder. And SS Greenlight Racing, Mr. Spencer Board is going to stop by and talk about his offseason and his 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 first full-time rookie season in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. Stephen, I'm anxious to see what he has to say. And I'm pretty sure he's going to say the same thing you and I talk about the weather with him being up there in St. Louis and you up further north of me. And it's cold as Dickens here in Dega. And, I said it last week, and I'm going to say it again this week. I hated to leave that warm weather there uh, at Homestead Lane. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, it was nice and easy degrees down there, but uh, I guess I got about uh, two more weeks or something like that, and I head back to Florida. So I'm all right with that. I'll be good, and I'll be in that weather at least for a little while longer. And uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, I, I keep saying I need to move further south, uh, you know, because uh, this cold weather, it gets to me all the time. So. Exactly. You know, you and I, we, we sort of had a rough life, then broke up a little bit. And whenever it gets cold, them joints and stuff that we got hurt and it showed up bothers it. This is my first, you know, since, you know, last year I had that total right hip replacement. You know, I, I was laid up in the house, you know, here till. I don't know, I guess January, late January when I went back to work, but I didn't really leave the office. Well, today I left the office, and it, I don't think it got out of the 30s here. And everybody said, T.D., what's, why are you so cold? I said, I ain't used to this mess. I was laid up in the bed last year in the in the heat. I ain't been out in the cold in two years. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it always seems to get to me this time of the year. The colder it gets, the worse it gets, and I just feel like, I just feel like it. I don't know. I, it's just it's just rough. To tell you the truth, to be honest with you. I understand, brother. Before we get started, uh, I wanna I wanna let you and I, our listeners, know I was sitting there waiting on my grilled chicken sandwich to come from Miller's today. Uh, so I could eat lunch. I had a grilled chicken sandwich there and some fries, and it was awesome. But uh, right before right before our guy brought our food in, uh, my uh, cell phone rang. Looked down, it said. 
Homestead, Florida. I said, number call. I think I mentioned to you down there, Stephen. I said, this number called me before I was down there. Well, I got up and walked out and answered the phone. I said, hello, it's Tim. Hey, Tim Neal, down at Homestead, Miami Speedway. How you doing? He just he just called, Stephen. He wanted to check, make sure everything went okay with us. And uh, want me to tell you also, so tell Stephen thanks for and Speedway Digest for everything that they've done uh, for championship weekend there at Homestead. And uh, just just want to get that out there, Stephen. I think that was pretty neat of Neil calling and checking, make sure everything went okay. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool that these uh, trash are checking on all the people that come to sport week in and week out. And uh, you know, we we travel a lot. We're on the road, and you know that it's appreciative that the tracks look out for us and the tracks, um, you know, check in on us from time to time. Amen, brother. Just like I told, just like Bill said, he said, "You coming down next year?" I said, "Yes, sir." If I get credentialed up, he said, "You'll be credentialed up." So uh, I guess we make it a trick next year, Stephen. Maybe you and uh, I know you will. Maybe AM can can join us also, Stephen. Before we get started, uh, like I said, number to call is two one five three eight three thirty six eighty one. We had some, we finally getting some news coming out of NASCAR before we uh, before we bring uh, Spencer on before before he comes on. I know we. Uh, Chase Briscoe, he's going to hit me up, brother. I'm trying to find it. I can't find it. He he's he's gonna he's gonna take over. He's gonna be in the number ninety eight car um, with Stuart Haas Racing come 2019. Uh, he split he split that car. He split uh, several cars over this past season, um, winning one time in the fall uh, at uh, at Charlotte. And this year he's going to be he'll be there full time uh, with uh, with the number ninety eight team. And also, think we have some news out of Front Row Motorsports. They're going to add a third team with Matt Tiff, going to drive the number thirty six. Uh, you, you want to talk a little bit about that? I know uh, Front Row Motorsports. You know they acquired uh, the BK Racing Charter also uh, uh, from last year or from this year. When BK Racing filed Chapter 11, Chapter 7, I can't remember what it was. I hate that from a good friend, Ron Devine, but they got that charter. You want to talk a bit about uh, Matt Tiff joining Front Row Motorsport? Yeah, I mean, that was kind of um, a little bit odd uh, one, to be honest with you. I didn't expect um, him to, to, to be in that car, um, and, and honestly, they had not um, – you know, announced really what they what their plans were for uh, a third car or an expansion or you know what they what they were planning on doing exactly, and um, so now they've decided to to field a third car. This uh, they fielded um, three cars um, on a part time basis over the last couple of years, and uh, you know they they said that you know they're using this as an opportunity to continue to grow and an opportunity to um, get better in the sport. So they're bringing in somebody that, um, you know, somebody that, that is, is, is young, somebody that can learn a lot in the sport, somebody that can um, make the team uh, um, better than they are and give them some longevity in the team. Um, they they've really tried to do bring in various different drivers. They've had Landon Castle in there, 
Um, this year they brought over Michael McDowell, and David Reagan has been there off and on over the last couple of years, um, which he only he's the only one to go to Victory Lane uh, a couple of years ago there at Talladega with uh, David Gillen uh, finishing second to him. But uh, you know for that team to to continue to to grow like they are. Um, it's a it's an investment in the sport, and they're showing exactly, um, you know, what their interest is in the sport and what they planned on what they plan on doing in the future, as far as continuing to grow in the sport and to um, uh, to to continuing to get better in the sport, and I think that the, over the years they have gotten better in the sport. And they just continue to to work towards being a um, you know a, a a team that that just doesn't necessarily run at the middle of the pack, but is looking to get uh, running closer to the front of the pack. And I think uh, you know some of these things are, are are definitely helpful to them to be able to do that. And Stephen, in in the uh... In the press release, the note you and I got from Front Row Motorsports, they said that the sponsorship and the crew chief pairings will be announced at a later date. Uh, when they call it, when they say crew chief pairings in this press release, you and I got from Front Row Motorsports. So they are they looking at shuffling around either uh, David Reagan's crew chief or maybe something like that to, like you mentioned, to go with a young man, Matt Tiff, to sort of help him out and all that. Or do you have any? Information about the sponsorship or crew chief stuff that could possibly that, that they say is going to be going on for uh, next year in the uh, in the 2019 Cup Series. Um, no, I we I really don't have much as far as that's concerned. I'm not sure what they plan on doing uh, as far as that. Uh, I know that Matt Tiff does have some sponsors that can potentially come on board with him. He's carried them. Uh, off and on throughout his career. So if they're looking to tap some of those um, partnerships um, going forward, uh, wouldn't be unexpected. But to build a third team, um, I, th- I think they'll look to find a more experienced crew chief. Um, speaking of that, Mike Wheeler is going to go to the number 95 Toyota next year. With Matt De Benedetto, and I think that'll, you know, again, that's a, that's a, that's for them to be able to increase their performance level. Um, and, and I see front, front row, front row racing, good Lord, uh, front row motorsports as uh, doing something similar with Matt Tift is finding, is finding a, uh, a crew chief that is a veteran within the sport and somebody that Matt can learn off of, but also somebody that has a uh, proven track record of performance in the sport. Um, Bringing not only teams to the highest levels of the sport, but building teams um, from where they are with new rookie drivers. And next year will be a pretty stacked field of rookie drivers, but we'll, we'll see where that all comes out. I, I think with Matt and everybody there, um, I think it'll be interesting. And as far as what, um, uh, as, as far as what Richard Childress says about the Xfinity series car, uh, that, that, that Matt's now going to vacate, 
uh, it may be an opportunity for somebody like uh, Shane Lee, who's running number three car for them on a part-time basis to move into a full-time. So for every driver move, there's always somebody behind them that, you know, we can look forward to taking their old seats and, you know, while uh, Matt's moving up to the highest levels of the sport, Shane Lee may get an opportunity to to run full-time within the Xfinity Series going forward. That's right. And uh, I would definitely agree. Uh, You know, Shane Shane Lee needs the opportunity there with Richard Shooter's racing to, you know, to run the, the full schedule because he had, he run really, really well this year running the part-time schedule. We had him on the show, I think, a couple of times and all. But he's he's a good guy. He's one of them, like I always say, well, we, he hadn't forgot where he come from. But while we're on the topic of the charters, Stephen, like you mentioned with the uh, with the charters there, to you know, let some of our listeners know, uh, Rob Coffin and NASCAR, they got together. I don't know if it was NASCAR or however all this deal went down. It's been a while since we talked about it. But – they have these uh, these 36 charters, and when you have that charter, you're guaranteed that starting spot in the race, whichever you're going to. You know, you can you can also lease them, you can buy them. And with that being said, Stephen, we got a championship. Last year's Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series championship, Bart Truex Jr. and Barney Visser and the bunch shut the doors down on Furniture Row races. Where exactly could that charter go? And would that charter be more expensive to say far as what a I'm not downgrading the BK racing or front row motorsports charter, or would that charter from Furniture Row, Ryan uh, uh, Martin Truex Jr.'s charter? I don't know why I said Ryan. The charter there. How do you think it's gonna? Where do you think it will go in uh, the Cup Series in 2019? I don't know where that charter will end up at, but it'll be more expensive um, than what we've seen in the past because we've not had a championship uh, a charter come available from anybody at this point. Um, NASCAR looks at the last couple of years, and that's how uh, the the point or the the sorry not the points but the. Uh, the, the race purse is paid out and they look at the performance level of that charter over the last several seasons. So uh, a team that's going to get this is first off, they're going to pay more. They're going to pay more because of the championship that's tied to it. They're going to pay more because of the performance level that's been tied to this. And, uh, you know, with all that, considering uh, they will they will then also reap the benefits as far as an increased purse level because of all these, but because of the championships and performance levels. So who ends up buying it? Honestly, I'm not even sure. Um, we've not seen a market for charters at this point at any significant level. Uh, we've seen in sh- uh, we've seen them shopped around. We've seen them pennies on the dollars. Um, you, you know, uh, TriStar has leased a one for the last couple of years for a couple hundred thousand dollars at best. Um, you know, the one from BK Racing went for, um, I don't even remember. What, what, do you remember what that was? It was like $1.8 million or something like that, I think it went for. Um, you know, the furniture, uh, front row motorsports. Um, 
So I don't know. I don't know what team right now has the capital available in order to buy something as significant as that. And I think whoever does get it, um, it, while it may be an increased cost, yes, for the purchase, uh, I I think that they're not going to get – it's not going to go for some record amount, which – you know the the charter system has been developed for Barnchester isn't going to reap some ten million dollar benefit from this or anything like that. Um, he's you know he he he's going to reap a, a significant benefit and probably a more significant benefit than others have when they've either sold or leased their charters. But he he's definitely I, I just can't see it going for you know, any great significant amount like, you know, was envisioned with these charters. Uh, I, I see probably single-digit, um, low single-digit, under $5 million, I would say, that this will go for. I mean, it may surprise me at the end of the day, but all your major teams, are, you know, uh, between Hendricks and Stuart Haas Racing and uh, Richard Childress Racing, Ralph Racing, um Joe Gibbs, the the major pay, players within within the series, um, they're either all maxed out in the number of cars that they can have, or they have new plans of expanding beyond what they currently have within their stable. So that that leaves your your mid market or your mid marker teams or your back marker teams um, as the only prospective um, buyers of this. Now somebody like I guess you know Roush or uh, Childress could buy this thing, um, apply it to one of their current cars that they have, and then and then take the current charter that's attached to the car and lease it out. Um, that's a possibility. It, 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 but, I, I, but honestly, I just don't see them doing it at this point because neither of them have any in, any plans to expand uh, in the near future or any time at any semblance of point because they would only have two years that they could lease the charter out. Uh, one year for one car, one year for the other. They're both two car stables, so uh, I, I just, you know, I, I think it's, I think it's going to be a market where they're going to have to market this charter somewhere in the mid pack or back market. Somebody that's looking to get into the sport, or somebody that's already in the sport, looking to expand or looking to um, buy their own charter instead of leasing one in 2019, and uh, that's going to significantly depress the the price on the charter. To like I said, it's going to be. You know, single-digit millions, under $5 million, but no significant reaping of benefits for Barney Visser, unfortunately, and what he built with that charger from from the championship and performance level. That's right, Stephen. And to, to add to your question, uh, or to add to your statement, uh, the BK Racing Charter did go for $1.8 million, and I think, you know, when they was having that bidding war, you know, Mike, Mike Bean with GMS Racing, he mentioned that he was willing to go up to – 2.2 million to actually get that BK Racing Charter, but uh, we could talk about that all night long. But let's go ahead and bring on our guest, my good friend, the driver of the number 76, doing style Chevrolet for SS Greenlight Racing, and Bobby Dodder in the NASCAR Xfinity Series, Mr. Spencer Boyd. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. Get ready to rumble! 
Spencer, how are you doing tonight, buddy? I'm doing, doing well. great. How, how are you, buddy? Good. I'm doing good, buddy. He's like Steve and I, we were just talking. Uh, I know you're probably back in, back at home there in St. Louis, too, where it's cold and you've got snow. And we, <laughs> Man, I miss that South Florida weather from home, Steve. I'm, I'm in North Carolina. That's home for me, but uh, I do miss that Miami weather. It's, it's 45 degrees here, and I don't like it. <laughs> I don't need it, brother. And again, thanks for taking time to come on. I know it's the off season, but we got, I know Steve and I, we got it. We'll, we'll try to make it short, but I know I got some questions. And uh, first thing, uh, I want you to talk about you and I and uh, Joshua talked about that uh, that Facebook video that that y'all made that y'all sort of stumbled upon it. Uh, you was you were as Ryan Truex Jr. I mean, not not Ryan Truex, Martin Truex Jr. I said Ryan earlier, so Martin Truex Jr. <laughs> and Joshua was that. Uh, he he was dressed up as Joe Logano. Talk a little bit about how that really got started. And I actually watched it when I got back to the hotel because I never did see it. But I actually watched, and that was a good video. How how did y'all end up getting that deal? Though? Yeah, man. So uh, a lot of people know Josh is uh, my PR guy, and we have a lot of fun together. Uh, it was his rookie year, my rookie year. So uh, I'd say the traveling got to us, but uh, we had a lot of fun and making videos and things like that. And the end of the year was coming up, and Josh is like, man, we need to do a video together, kind of have some fun. Uh, man, you know, with your name Spencer, you should uh, be Jimmy Spencer, and, and I'll be uh, Kurt Busch, and you can punch me. And I'm like, man, I don't know. You know, I, <laughs> I don't really want to do that. <laughs> and Jimmy Spencer, he, uh, he doesn't have a beard. I'm like, I'm not shaving my beard off for this video. And he's like, well, man, I got a beard. And I'm like, all right, let's think about this. There's got to be something we can reenact. So after about 30 seconds, he goes, dude, last week, Logano and Truex got into it. You got the beard, and I'll shave my beard to look like Logano. And I'm like, all right, this is cool. So I thought it was a great idea Till he came back to the shop at S.S. Greenlight Racing from Penske with a receipt for a Joey Logano t-shirt and a hat. Now I know why he can afford to live where he lives. <laughs> I was shocked. but uh, So I went to uh, Bass Pro, got a, uh, a Bass Pro hat, Martin Truex t-shirt, and then uh, we decided it was time to make a video and, and how we were going to do that. And, uh, we started talking. We're like, hey, man, shopping carts, you know? You know how it is when we're at the grocery store? I'm like, yeah, man. You know, you're always racing shopping carts and things like that, bumping into each other. He's like, that'd be a good video. So I'm like, we got to fill up these shopping carts with, like, things that, you know, Logano would have and, and Truex would have. So I got, you know, camouflage and um, just different stuff like that, fishing gear. And then uh, he went and got Pennzoil and things like that. So it was a good time. Hopefully everyone enjoyed it. It got uh, over 10,000 views, which was cool. We had a lot of fun making it. And a good buddy, Sean, came, and he videoed everything at Walmart. We were at the Walmart in Mooresville, and there were guys walking in with Penske uh, work shirts on, and they, they were just laughing their butt off. So uh, it was good. It was good. Uh, Truex, he commented on Instagram, and, and so did Logano, smile faces and laughing. So uh, everyone knew it was a good joke and weren't trying to pick sides or anything. That's pretty cool. I just want to get that out there because I know you and I had uh, had spoke at at, at uh, 
Homestead, like I said, and uh, y'all told me to go and watch it. And to let everybody know, y'all go to Spencer Boyd Racing on uh, their Facebook page. You can watch all these all these neat videos, even not just that one that Spencer was talking about with him and Josh, but but on back all year long. But Spencer, uh, it's been uh, you're coming off your first full time rookie season in, in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. Uh, you had your best finish at Daytona this past summer of a 17th. Talk a little bit about how going to a full-time, uh, going to these tracks for the second time, how, how you learned, how you got better. You got better week in and week out. Just talk a little bit about how your rookie season went for 2018 for uh, FS Greenlight and Bobby Dodd. Yeah, man. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun. You know, I learned a lot throughout the whole year, and I definitely feel like we got better. Um, you know, starting out, going to those places for the first time, you know, struggling a little bit and uh, just kind of getting my feet underneath me. And then that summer stretch was really good. We had some really solid runs, uh, a big string of like 11 top 25 finishes. So for our small team at Bobby Daughter, SS Greenlight, we were really happy with that. We were keeping the car in one piece. Uh, there, late in the second half, we kind of had uh, some issues there. Uh, had that loose wheel that dropped us 35 driver and owner points uh, at the end of the race at Bristol, which was tough. Uh, got in a wreck in Bristol, which kind of led to that loose wheel. And then uh, we had some bad luck at Indy and Darlington. So it was like just three weeks of just bad luck and terrible finishes. And that really, um, with that penalty, it kicked us back. We fell out of the top 30 in owner points, which financially that's not a good thing. And for us, we just had to dig deep get back to keeping the car clean, finishing races. And, um, you know, it's okay to tear stuff up every now and then, but for a small team, when you have bad luck for three weeks, you're like, okay, I got to get this monkey off my back or we're going to be in trouble. So fortunately we shook it, um, got back to some solid finishes. And for me, um, one of the highlights, you know, obviously 17th at Daytona was cool looking up on the scoring pylon, seeing 1776 at the end of the race. That was pretty cool. Had a cool video about that. It was a lot of fun. I learned a lot throughout the year. And seeing how we ran the second race at uh, at Richmond and uh, how we ran at New Hampshire and Iowa all year, um, those short tracks are definitely good for me. We ran in the top 20 all night at Richmond. And uh, that was my only race all year that we had uh, sticker tires the whole race. So, uh, for me, um, being a small team, you kind of see those moments, speedway races, short tracks like that. Those are uh, moments you got to capture and make the best of. Unfortunately, our, our motor let go there uh, later in the race at Richmond. But all in all, uh, I posted up as a good uh, good learning year. Uh, at the end of the day, didn't make a whole lot of mistakes. Um, had a couple top 20s. And uh, had a had a solid stretch there with top twenty five. So I was uh, I was happy with it. Had a lot of fun with Grunt Style. Um, Bobby Daughter was a blast to learn from, and looking forward to uh, getting racing next year. You know, going back to these places for a third time. Uh, that's going to be really helpful. Now uh, you know how the races play out. How night race versus day race. It's crazy. Uh, from the first Iowa race, the second Iowa race like the track aged five years i was like shocked but uh when you grow up you know racing short tracks and running the same track you know five ten times a year 
traveling, but you're hitting the same tracks a lot. You just learn the characteristics. Here, you just got to show up and, and let her rip for a day and a half, and you're on to the next city, which was a, a blast for me. Dream come true, for sure. And Spencer, you had mentioned, uh, you know, that this was your learning year. Like I said, your first uh, full-time full-time year in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. And, you know, you mentioned this happened, this happened, that happened. Now, Spencer, looking back, I mean, there's nothing for you to hang your head about. You uh, you, you didn't have but 60 in it. There's a lot of drivers that that uh, start their their uh, series out in the NASCAR Campbell World Truck Series, which you've run some races there, or the Xfinity Series, or even start out in the, uh, in, in the uh, Cup Series, that never had a year like you had being your first year in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. Can you talk a little about what which track do you think is your is your strength for you to work on as far as 2019 as far as working your way up to get in the to get in the playoffs which which track do you really like the best and and also which track do you like the worst i don't want to put that out there but yeah <laughs> yeah well for me um short tracks definitely came the easiest um you know you circle those on the calendar like man i can't wait to get back to iowa um which is cool cuz i'm from missouri so I was uh, kind of a home track. Uh, you look at uh, New Hampshire, and, and Richmond is by far my favorite. So um, those are just tracks that, like Richmond, I love night racing. So you show up to Richmond, and you just got all the confidence in the world. Uh, you can drive in super deep. You can move around. Um, you're heavy on the brake pedals, so it's kind of one of those tracks where there's not a lot of rolling. You're on the gas or on the brake, and you're just super aggressive can lean on people and that's what i grew up doing uh, a lot of people i've talked to that I, I grew up racing with that may not be racing anymore we go go-kart racing together and they're like man and legend cars you used to knock the heck out of me and i'm like oh you know <laughs> i wanted to win but yeah, i really didn't have any friends in racing all my friends i brought to the racetrack because i just wanted to win i really didn't care who got in the way and then in late models i was fortunate enough to win a lot of races and I was definitely uh, super aggressive. So uh, in the NASCAR stuff, especially when you're with a small team, you you got to be more reserved and save the car. And, you know, you can't go beat and bang at a mile and a half because you're just going to wreck at those speeds. So there's only a few tracks that you can really get that aggressive. But then for me, there's tracks that aren't my favorite. I guess uh, Darlington would probably be one of them. Um, for us, we missed a lot of practice. Um Kind of got tore up there in the first couple laps of the race. So, for me, that was a really long day. <laughs> you only go there uh, once a year. So, um, you just show up and hope that your car's close. And uh, just learning to run the fence up there is a little tricky, but it definitely gave me more confidence going into Homestead, uh, ripping it up there by the fence. And I'd say that's probably the only track that uh, I don't really look forward to <laughs> would be Darlington. And you think you love it just because all the hype, and, and for me, I put so much into that race with uh, Bobby Daughter's father, uh, Bob, his throwback scheme, and uh, we had a really cool car, and we took one of our best cars, and it was just unfortunate that the weekend didn't go the way we wanted to, so maybe that's why I got a sour taste in my mouth, but uh, outside of that, um, yeah, short tracks are definitely on my list, and then uh, the speedways are, are just a lot of fun. Uh, you're just wide open and, and just feeling the draft and it's just so much different than what you grow up doing uh, you can't help but smile the whole way 
That's right, brother. And I'm I'm gonna hand you over to uh, to Stephen Woodson at speedwaydaddesk.com, Spencer. But before I do, uh, I want to thank you for everything that you've done for the sport. Thank you for everything that you've done for us on our radio station. And uh, congratulations on an awesome 2018 season. And uh, looking for a better 2019 out of you next year, brother. And again, tell uh, tell tell Mr. Paul and Mom we said uh, have a Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and you do the same, brother. And again. Congratulations on a really damn good year, brother. I'm gonna hand you over, Steven. Yeah, appreciate that, man. It's uh, it's been fun, and thanks for uh, always giving me a platform to hang out and, and chat about racing. I love it. You're welcome, brother. And uh, I will see you in Atlanta. Steven's going to Daytona. Suzanne and I are going to Atlanta, so I'll see you in Atlanta next year for the Foes of Honor Quick Trip 500 Weekend, bro. Perfect. I'll see you there, man. All right, brother. Spencer, thanks a lot for coming on here. First question I have for you is is that next year you're going to have a teammate with Greg Golding. How much is that going to affect or your team, and how much are, are you two guys going to be able to work together throughout the season? Yeah. Um, you know, teammates are always good. Um, it's cool. You know, this year I had Joey. Um, been around a long time, been doing this. I was like his full-time season, eighth year in sports, so um, just kind of helps get the jitters out for me. You know, I've ran like 45 races now, so uh, really blessed to have that many starts, and those jitters are, are pretty much gone, you know. You show up to the racetrack, and you know what to do, so on that hand, you're good to go, but on the other hand, it's nice to have someone to kind of compare setups and, and what your plan is and uh, you know, have a drafting partner and things like that. So, uh, Gray and I come from similar backgrounds as far as, you know, bandoleros, legend cars, late models. Um, we've grown up around each other, raced each other at different levels. Um, so he, he's got some cup experience and, um, he's actually, uh, his legend car and late model ran out of Bobby Daughter's shop years ago. So, um, SS Greenlight is definitely a family feel. Uh, Bob is there. Seven days a week, uh, he'll ride in the van with you to the racetrack. He'll sit next to you on the plane flying. It, it doesn't matter. So driving for a guy like Bob, it makes it to where having a teammate is a little different than most. You guys do a lot of cool things together. Uh, Joey and I shared an office at Bob's shop. And so uh, I think Gray and I, uh, you know, get to uh, get to know each other more and we'll be around each other a lot. And that'll just help kind of learn each other's lingo going into next year and better help each other on the cars. What's the one thing this past year that you think that you're going to need to improve upon in 20 in 2019? Yeah, for me, I believe it's just going to be those mile and a half. Uh, just keep working on them, keep getting laps. Um, like I said, you know, as a small team, there's certain tracks that you don't really focus on. And for us, a uh, mile and a half for more survival and learn and put most of our budget on super speedways and short tracks. So next year, I think we know uh, what we need to do to be better, um, what we need to do to our cars and what I can do as a driver to um, drive more on the edge on those mile and a half. And, you know, as a rookie, finishing race is important, you know, building that brand of being a solid driver. So, you always got that in the back of your head. 
um, where going into your second year, you can be a little more aggressive and show up and uh, kind of unload and practice better. Uh, instead of learning the track, you're just critiquing the car more. And uh, people think mile and a half are cookie cutter, but they all drive completely different. So for me, uh, going back, I think it'll be helpful. And there's some mile and a half you only go to once. So it'll be my second time back at a few of those. And most tracks, my second time back, I was three or four spots better. So uh, hopefully we can keep that trend going. Anything that surprised you in your working year that, um, you know, somebody from the outside uh, may not know um, that could be a surprise going into NASCAR or something that's maybe just not been publicized as well. Um, but w- what do you think surprised you the most um, in your rookie year and traveling the full circuit? Well, I was pretty surprised when I found out I was the top five most popular driver. So uh, that was uh, a big surprise for me, uh, really special. Uh, it's cool to know that I got a lot of great fans out there and, for a guy that's not on TV on a regular basis, um, I thought that was a cool achievement. Um, a lot of people in my corner, you know, Josh doing PR, helping me out, um, just getting me noticed and, and getting out there and doing cool videos. So as far as something that really shocked me, uh, that was one of them. And then uh, as far as something that shocked me on the racetrack is uh, you don't want to mention any names, but there's a lot of guys that uh, you can race, and there's a lot of guys at this level that you can't race. So, um just kind of make a note of who those guys are. That way, going into the next year, you know how to race around them and what you can and can't do. Spencer, I appreciate you taking the time to come on here tonight and talk a little bit about your 2018 campaign. Wish you the best of luck in 2019. And before we let you get out of here, uh, I think you already mentioned a little bit before, but let everybody know where they can uh uh, get uh, where they can check you out on social media. Thank any of your sponsors from this year, and uh, let everybody know uh, just uh, what you guys have planned, or just a little brief overview of 2019 if you've already started working on some of that stuff. Yeah. Well, first off, for uh, allowing me to come on here and chat with you guys, and uh, it's been a fun year. I've been on here a few times, so. That's great. And on social media, you can find me on Twitter at Spencer Boyd, uh, Facebook, Spencer Boyd Racing Fan Page, and Instagram at Spencer Boyd PR. And that'll be me uh, responding and, and chatting. Always love talking to fans and lucky to be here. And wouldn't be here without Grunt Style, my uh, primary sponsor, veteran owned patriotic apparel company. So uh, they're extremely helpful and been behind me for a few years and look forward to many more. And also, uh, a lot of other partners have come along throughout the year. Record Rack Deer Feed, Kick-Ass Beef Jerky, longtime supporter, Wilkinson Automation. So, showing them some love on social media. Appreciate it. And uh, just looking forward to getting more partners and, and more veteran-owned Made America companies. That's my brand. So, uh, really appreciate everyone voting for me for most popular driver. And hopefully we move up the rank in that. And, and really looking forward to 2019 and those exact plans uh be coming out here pretty soon so appreciate it guys thanks a lot take care and good luck appreciate it spencer thanks man you're welcome brother spencer board there driver number 76 grunt style chevrolet in an accurate fancy bobby dollar ss Greenlight racing steven he touched on a lot of stuff about his rookie year that i did not know i did not 
and I still don't understand it. I was going to ask him, but I wanted I knew his time was limited. I want to hand him hand him over to you unless you get some questions. In. He mentioned one of the only one times that he runs some sticker tires, so he must be they're they're running scuff tires. They run a lot of scuff tires undoubtedly from what he's talking about, and very few sticker tires. I guess with them being a lower a lower tier team with the budget that that he mentioned. Can you sort of let our listeners know, because I don't know how to explain it with them uh, not running but so many sticker tires. And he mentioned that at Richmond, your home your home track there at uh, Richmond, Richmond Raceway. I would keep going to say Richmond International. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, so NASCAR and Goodyear, they put out a list every week of how many sticker tires a team or how many – well, it's actually how many set tires a team can have. And those – those tires can be either sticker or scuffs. Sentience what they'll do is they'll take a couple of um, take a couple of sticker tires and run them in practice and scuff tires up for 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 the race. Um, some of the teams that um, scuff some of these tires up during practice and may only run a handful of laps can transfer tires over to another team, um, offsetting their costs for the tire. So the so the team may the team pays Goodyear uh, for the cost of the tire and then some of these teams will, will take these uh scuff tires that will have a handful of laps and then uh transfer them off to another team which you can do one time for for lower cost. So that's how some of these teams are able to get uh a set of tires or the amount of tires that uh that the um have for the race. Now every team is required to buy a certain number of set of tires, um, and NASCAR publishes that out to the teams that you know they have to buy one set of scuff tires for the race, or two side, two sets of scuff tires for. The race. I'm sorry, but one set of um, sticker tires, or two sets, or whatever the number is. But then the rest of it can just be made up of, uh, you know, they they don't have to buy any more than whatever is required, but. You know, typically teams like this, what they'll do is they already have pre um, preset uh, um, contracts or agreements with teams, and they just buy the tires off of them and have the tires transferred to them uh, for the race. And Stephen Spencer also mentioned that uh, you know his uh, his best finish of his career was uh, was the uh, summer race there at uh, at Daytona for where he finished P seventeen, and he was running pretty good here. And in the spring race here at my home track, Talladega Super Speedway, until they got caught up in a uh, in a crash. He also mentioned that his stronghold is short tracks. He likes short tracks, but and he brought up the mile and a half. Like every driver that we have that comes on, they bring up the mile and a half. You know, I've got to get better to mile and a half. Got to get better to mile and a half. Well, there's more mile and a half tracks than we got Super Speedways, which is uh, Dega, Daytona. Michigan, and these mile and a half tracks, like uh, Jeff Burton called them a year ago, cookie cutters. And speaking of the mile and a half at Atlanta Motor Speedway, which is close to me, just probably an hour and a half or so, uh, uh, they have not repaved that, I think, since 1997, and the drivers, they were going to repave it last year. But, Stephen, every driver we hear that comes on here talks about the mile and a half. We got to get better to mile and a half, mile and a half, mile and a half. What is it about the mile and a half, bro? I don't know, honestly. Um, a lot of them said that they, and I mean, he even said something tonight about how they all 
race totally differently than one another, and I tend to agree to some some extent. Um, but at the same time, sometimes we see the same style of racing at a lot of these events. But you know, from a driver's perspective, and really just honestly, just depends on um, you know the driver. Um, some people love it, and some people hate them, and some people are just okay at them at best. No, no, you know, you take a look at um, somebody like uh, um, you, you take a look at somebody like Martin Church Jr., who in 2017 he was really, really good um, at some of these tracks. But you know, he uh, he you know he, he he wasn't as good this year, and that just shows how these races and how these tracks change from year to year. Um, some of them, when they are repaved, they're 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 much different than when they uh, you know sit for a couple of years. So um, you know every driver and every track they they seem to be a little bit different with it, and they um, you know they uh, are just um, you know every one of them they try and do something different at these racetracks, and it, sometimes they sometimes they get better, sometimes they get worse, and uh, over the years you know we've seen these tracks um just just you know like uh, uh, atlanta is a perfect example of this where you you don't want to repave the track because right now it has so much grip into it but atlanta is a 1.5 mile racetrack it races totally separately as a place like kentucky or chicago land or something like that um each of them uh has undergone a repave within the last handful of years or so like that. So, you know, they, they race totally different from one, one another. There's, there's less grip on these rash tracks when they're first, uh, when they're first, uh, paved. And we've, we've seen the tire dragons. We've seen all kinds of different compounds and things like that put on racetracks. I mean, years ago at Richmond, they used to put this stuff on a racetrack to a Jedi. And, um, the Soyuz used to put this stuff on in the fall and then they would, uh, drag track in the spring and it would create a lot of grip into the racetrack. Uh, honestly, I'd like to see them come back and do that again, but you know that's kind of out of my hands. I've asked a couple times if they're willing to do it, but um, you know, and they've said that they they knew about the they knew about the compound, they knew um, how it all worked out, but uh, you know they weren't sure whether it's something that they were interested in doing, which is you know that's fine. Um, but yeah, every track and the way that they be the grip levels, you know, drivers like a lot of grip into these cars. Uh, next year, this may be totally different because of the rules package changing. Um, so we'll, we'll we'll just have to see. We'll just have to you know see how that works out. But um, every 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 mile and a half track, he, he's right. They do race differently, and uh, a lot of it is is determined on the fact of last time they were paved, where their location is at, if they put um, in kind of compounds on it, if they use tire dragons onto it. Any number, any number of methods out there that they've uh, used in the last couple of years um, creates a different style of racing. Sometimes it's these racetracks for the drivers themselves. That's right. And let's take a little quick break. Uh, uh, we're live from Dega Nation. Uh, I'm Timothy Spain. He's Stephen Wilson. We'll be right back after this little.
I've known some painted ladies that sparkled in the light. Country girls that love the lover's moon. Some I never really knew, though I always wanted to. Some I only met once in a room. Some said they liked my smile, others of them stayed a while. While others left me on the run This is the only way Only way I have to say Spencer Boyd, driver of the number 76 Grunt Style Chevy Camaro, and listen to the pit stop with Tim Despain. We're back live from Duggan Nation. I'm Tim Despain, alongside of SpeedwayDigest.com. He's up in the Commonwealth of Virginia, right outside of Richmond Raceway, and I'm Lady Crow Five's eight miles south of his 2.66 mile monster we call Talladega Super Speedway. Stephen, uh, we've come into the off season. Uh, we got a couple more shows. And uh, we've had a hell of a damn year, brother. Uh, I don't know how much I can thank you for helping me, especially with the website and all that. But uh, going into 2019, real quick, what do you think we need to look for as maybe one of the big stories to come out of, I don't know, maybe the uh, Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series there? Uh, What do you think is going to be big coming up in 2019? Um. 
I think what you're going to see is you're going to see um, you're going to see well with this new package that we're seeing. I think that that's going to be a big deal come next year. We're we're going to have to see uh, exactly how that handles out. NASCAR is going to also be changing uh, their their um, sponsorship structure going into 2020. So we'll be hearing a lot about that. Um, those are really two of the biggest things right now that I think we're going to see um, out of out of 2019 at this point. And I mean, there's there's tons of storylines that are going to come up throughout the year, but right now I think those are honestly the two biggest things that we're we're looking at um, as far as next year. And also, too, Steve, I, I want to throw out there, uh, you know, NASCAR silly season. It normally go it it normally goes around toward the end of the season where to a race and we can, we get where it's to get our notes that we can throw out. But it looks like this year in 2018, you and I are getting our notes after after the 2018 season is over with. But again, I want to thank everyone uh, for listening tonight. I want to thank Spencer Boyd taking time out to call in. I want to thank you for everything that you do again for uh, for uh, Speedway Digest and the, the net. And uh, I want to thank my darling wife, Suzanne. Uh, she's Johnny on the spot every Tuesday and she answers the phone. And I want to thank AEM also. AEM is right there along. She uh, he shares all the uh, all the social media stuff there. But, Stephen, uh, next week uh, I think we're going to have uh, a couple of guys from what uh, the, racing, the racing warehouse. Uh, they get all these uh, body parts. I'm not talking about human body parts. I'm talking about car body parts. And they sell them online or what have you, and uh, they get all kind of stuff. Anyway, Stephen, is there any, any last thoughts you want to throw out before we jump out of here? I can't think of anything else right now. Uh, all right, brother. Let everybody know what you thought of it on social media and your website, my friend. You got the flow. You can follow us at Speedway Digest on Twitter, Facebook.com, forward slash Speedway Digest, and uh, SpeedwayDigest.com. Thank you very much, brother. And we're going to sign off uh, live from Destination. I'm Tim Spain. He's Stephen Wilson, SpeedwayDigest.com. We will talk to you next Tuesday evening live from Destination. Until then, see you.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.